0: For others, he'll do for you with arms wide open. He'll pardon you. It is no secret. Take your Bible. Let's do some soul building. Take your Bible to Psalm 90. Psalm 90, I want to read some, uh, you know, I, I just vary my style. I vary my style in all kinds of different ways. And that's good. I want to do that, uh, the, the way it goes across. And so we're going we're, we're gonna to look primarily at Psalm 90 and Psalm 34, Psalm 39, <laughs> a few other places. I want to talk, you, talk to you about, the, the, the title of this is a, one of my, you know, sometimes I want to wax poetic. The Bible says our life is, a, is as a tale that is told. Psalm 90, a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or even, or ever thou hast Form the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting. Thou art God, with the permanency of God. I hope you get on board with God. I hope you don't go through this life and miss God. Because there's only one permanency, only one truth in the universe, and that's God. And either if you miss him, and the only way you're going to find him is through Jesus Christ, his son. Faith in, by grace through faith in his son. And then you can find him and you're, you, you become part of the permanence of the universe. If you miss him, you're relegated in a place called the lake of fire, which is a place of isolation. In verse 3, thou turnest man to destruction and sayest, Return ye, children of men. For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past I love these phrases. As a watch in the night. As a watch in the night. Thou carriest them away as with the flood. Another, as they are as a sleep. In the morning, they are like grass which groweth up. So there you have a watch in the night as a sleep, and they're like grass. In the morning it flourishes, groweth up, and the evening is cut down, and withereth. For we are consumed by thine anger, and by thy wrath we are troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. And this is the key verse there in verse 9. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, that's eighty years. Yet is there strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon cut out, cut off, I should say, and we fly away. So you live to 70 years old. He says, Yeah, by the grace of God, let me live to 80. I've been in, down in Haiti, like the Bowers have been down there, where the average age in the 80s, when I was there, the average age was uh, 40. Life expectancy in the 40s. When I first went to Haiti in 1984, there were almost no gray-haired people, almost no gray-haired people. I look out here, it's a sea of gray. But there were almost no gray-haired people in the 80s. I uh, I made mention of it at the end of the first week I was there. I said, there's something missing here, and I don't quite know what it is, but there's something missing. he said, I bet it's, you, you notice there are no old people, and you notice there are no gray-haired people, hardly. And I thought, yeah, you know, that's true. There weren't many. There were a few. The Bible says you live 70, average. Isn't it interesting that pretty much average age of people, 73, 74, whatever. And uh, if you took away aspirin and, and uh, high blood pressure medicine, we'd go right back down to 70 or less. He said, but you may live to 80, but if you do you're not going to do it without some labor and some sorrow. God's not going to let you skip past 70 and get into 80 without having some physiological problems. But it's going to be bigger than physiological problems. You're going to start losing your hearing. You're you're going to start losing your memory. You're, You're going to start losing your eyesight. Everything's a blur. I can't see close up or far away anymore. I have uh, uh, sigmatism and uh, whatever those white things are that grow in your eyes. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I'm just being funny. But I, I am I have wrinkles. And if Job says, you look in the mirror, God's warning you, you're coming home. I want to sing. I want to sing, going home, going home. I'm getting, I get to go. All this stuff tells me. I'm only 65, I haven't even hit the 70 yet, and I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of warning signs that God in His mercy has already put ahead of me saying, your days are coming to an end. Oh, don't brag about me that my uncle lived to 105 and I'm going to live to 105. That was a different set of genes, a different set of time, a different set of food, and a different set of circumstances. And you may not, it guarantees you nothing that you're going to live to be old. You've been exposed to more chemicals than they were. You've been exposed to Teflon. You've been exposed to all kinds of stuff that wasn't even in existence when they grew and lived. God's got his way, amen? I believe our times are in his hands, just like the psalm says. Our life is but a tale that is told. It's like grass that grows up. It's like a sleep. It's like a watch in the night. And then the conclusion, verse twenty or 12 there, it says, to teach us to number our days That we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. The point of it is that we are, you young people here tonight, you're supposed to have it very clear in your mind that every day is a gift from God. Have it very clear in your mind that you're not guaranteed by anybody, anywhere, anytime that you're gonna live to be as old as I am. There have been a whole lot of folks that were born in 1951 that haven't made it to today. A whole lot of folks were born back when you were born and haven't made it today. And I bet even Chris, have you known some people that were born in a year or year not make it, to die? Already. 24-year-old man can look around and say, those people that didn't make it, you can get up in the morning and say, thank you, Jesus. Boy, if you're a born-again Christian, isn't life good? Man, if you don't know Jesus, you just miss all this. But we're to remember, teach us to number our days and Apply our hearts to something significant, not the hoopla of the world, the cheapness of this old eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow or die philosophy. Life is a mystery. My dad used to say, you know, a lot, a lot of things my dad said, I didn't understand what he meant. He was he was someone of, of his own kind of a philosopher. He's a Marine Corps, Saipan, Tinian, Okinawa, never got a scratch. Everybody around him, around him, people got killed all around him and everything, and he saw a lot of death and misery. He just felt, he, he wasn't even saved. He didn't get saved he was 33 years old. He felt that God had violence, saved him, what he had. He used to say, son, life's a mystery. I'd be like, what do you mean by that? Well, we are not before you're born, and all of a sudden one day you are. You remember when you woke up? You remember when you first had self-consciousness, self-awareness? You remember that day? You remember, you can't remember what happened yesterday. But you remember, no, you remember, I remember like it was was around five years old that I like, it was like I woke up out of some sort of a dream. I had been alive for four years, almost five years, and all of a sudden it was like I'm here. I am away and of course it gets stronger all the way up to about 12 years old when when I had bar mitzvah <laughs> the years unfold realization of life comes in waves sometimes I'd look up at the stars and back where I live brothers before light pollution you'd look up at that soot black background and And see the Milky Way and realize how far away they were in some degree and how small. I used to look at the moon and concentrate on it and look and say, man, that's a long way away. It looks like you almost touch it, but it's a long way away. I would like to, I would enjoy reading Psalm 19, 1 through 3, where it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament showeth forth his handiwork. Day into day utter speech, and night unto night showeth forth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Wow. David, as a young shepherd boy, wrote these sound we, various Psalms we read about when he's talking about Moses, the one we read 19 here, he read, he, Moses in Psalm 90, and David here in 19. <laughs> And he sat nightly as a shepherd boy under that black sky. No light pollution. There's a place out west called the darkest place in the United States. How many have been there? Have you been there, Neil? Or oh, you should go. It's called the darkest place. It, evidently it's the furthest away from any light pollution of any other place in the United States. And they say when you go there, you can look, and it's just the Milky Way is clear. You don't want to go way out in the ocean. Same phenomenon. If you go on a cruise, transatlantic. Transatlantic cruise, if you go over to Europe, did you ever go? I hope you went out at night, but there's so many lights on the boat it may bother it. But to see them, did you get to see the Milky Way out there on the on the ocean? Yeah. I bet when you were a kid in the old farm on Kansas, you could lift your eyes up and see the Milky Way easy. Easy. would you ever think about God? Ever think about yourself? Ever think how small you are and how big everything is? We have a problem. As human beings, we're born into this world. We awake, We wake up. We come to self-cognizance. And that gets worse as we get older. We, we begin to believe we're the center of the universe, especially when we're young. And we also make the mistake that we, we believe we're permanent. We're eternal. I remember as a kid never thinking about death. When you get a bunch of 20 somethings together, they don't talk about the hospital. They don't talk about the doctor. They don't talk about the, a foot ache, back ache, uh, a headache, this ache, that ache. They don't talk about that stuff. I caught myself the other day. I get around, I get around, we all get around each other and we're talking about, well, what surgery you have, what scar you got? You got to do that, where you go. I got this doctor's appointment, next doctor's appointment, this doctor's appointment, that. What in the world? The young people, they don't talk like that. They got a sense because of the lack of trouble. They may be permanent. No. No. Bible says no. And Take your Bible to Psalm 49. Verse 6 says, They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in multitude of their riches, none of them by any means can redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. Verse 11. Their inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever. Their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands after their own names, Collier County. Nevertheless, man being in honor, abideth not. He is like the beasts that perish. This their way is their folly, yet their, posteri- their posterity, those who follow them, approve their sayings. Like sheep they are laid in the grave, death shall feed on them. The upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. And their beauty shall consume the grave from their dwelling. I have strange thoughts. I often think, I wonder what Marilyn Monroe looks like now. I told you I had strange thoughts. I gave you a heads up on that. I wonder what Marilyn Monroe looks like now. What good did it do her to be beautiful? What good did it do her to be luscious, attractive to men? She flirted that away. Wow. She didn't learn the life. She didn't learn the lesson of the Bible here. The Bible says in in Psalm 49, 15, but God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave. He shall receive me. The only way, as I said before, that we're going to attain any permanence is by attaching ourselves to the only permanent one God, the creator of all that he is, which, by the way, is screaming of his existence every night by the stars and the moon, and is screaming his existence by the song of the mockingbird and, and the, uh, the bugs and the mosquitoes. <laughs> Do you know he commands those mosquitoes to harass you? Every time I go out my house now, I got gnats in my ears, gnats in my nose, gnats in my eyes, mosquitoes hit me from every angle, and I think, wow. You're just doing what God told you to do, but I'm going to kill you. Inherently, we believe we're going to live forever somehow or another. It's, it's crazy, because it goes against everything around us. I've been to a few tragedy. Automobile accidents, and it was just God's will. I was there, saw it happen. First guy onto the first guy on scene. I've heard, you know, the metal popping and the hot, the gasoline smell and the hot shorting of the battery to the, the body, and you know, and the smell of gas. And those two things are not good, by the way. I've listened to the panic in the voices of people trapped. I've heard him say, it can't be. This can't be happening. This can't be happening. Is this happening? Is this me? Is this a dream? This can't. It's some. I've heard it over and over. I've heard it multiple times at different wrecks. And I got thinking about that. It's because somehow inherently we think trouble's going to happen to everybody else but us. And when it does happen to us, we're surprised. We go, wow, this can't be really happening to me. But when you have some, whether it be a heart attack, or you have a stroke, or you have an all-wheel accident, or you have cancer, or you get this, or you get that, I'm gonna tell you the thought's gonna go through your mind. It, is this is this me? Is this is this gonna is this happening to me? We have that egotism built in us. It's like a mechanism. It's one of our biggest areas of self-deception, and God in Psalm ninety there is saying, "Look, I'm going to help you. You need to start looking around and realizing that your your existence in this old world is a temporary little. It's like a it's like grass growing up and then dying. It's like a flower that blooms and then fades. It's like a leaf that comes and goes. It's like a sleep. It's like a tale that is told." What's the solution? Psalm thirty-nine, four. Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days what it is that I may know how frail I am. It is healthy for me to know how frail I am. Now, How does God teach me that? Well, it says in verse 5, Behold, thou hast made my days as a hand breath, and mine ages as nothing before thee. And verily, every man is at his best state is altogether vanity. Teach me to number my days. I believe he teaches you to number your days by troubles that come into your life. By near-death experiences. How many here have had a near-death experience? Raise your hand. Near-death. Yeah, yeah. You knew it. How many here that have had near death and didn't remember it about the rest of you? If you knew the condition of the drivers behind those wheels out there and knew how doped up they were and knew how, how spaced out they were and knew the, how texting they were and knew how mad at their boyfriend they were and this and that and the other thing, doing everything but driving, you would, you would get on your knees before, you get on your knees outside your car before you got in it and said, this may be my last ride. And then, ride a motorcycle. Where the only thing, but there's nothing between you and metal. Your flesh, there's nothing between you and metal. One old emergency worker told me, I can always tell some motorcycle accidents. I said, how? She said, they don't have all their parts. That ain't good. Well, I've seen my peers throw their lives away that didn't get that didn't understand their temper temporalness. They've thrown their lives away on 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 work they've attained and they've worked and they've gained and they've they've piled it up and then had the big one and went <laughs> went to face God and and left it to their spoiled children. So they could sue each other, fight over it. I love these new wills they're coming up with that they say that if any one of the people mentioned in the will goes to court, they're automatically banned from any inheritance. I think every one of you ought to go have your will change to that. It will help your kids. Just put in your will. If any one of the children dispute anything in this will, they will get nothing. It is my will that they get nothing. Oh, brother, will that stop a lot of grief? My wife sees it all the time at the bank. People coming in, it's like you ever you ever have a couple three, four hungry dogs and throw one piece of meat? That's what it looks like that when the at the reading of the will. <sighs> you people don't have will, shame on you. You just you, you, you put your children into that scenario of a meat on the one piece of meat on the floor with five dogs going after it. But I've seen them throw their lives away, waste their life. What a grief it is that you would waste these precious days that God's given you. God has chosen you to be here tonight. He's given you breath and health. There are people that would love to be here tonight, but are too sickly to be here tonight. They want to be here. They call me, preacher, I so much want to be there. I can't. I just can't make it. I'm just too sick to make it. And boy, there'll be a day in every one of our lives, every one in the sound of my voice, there'll be a day you want to go to church and cannot. There'll be a day that you want to read your Bible and will not be able to. There'll be a day that you want to pray, but you just can't formulate your thoughts. Oh, yeah. As sure as I'm speaking to you, the Bible says it's so. Teach us the number of our days. Teach us that our life is as a vapor that appears for a little while and is gone. Teach us the temporalness of this whole thing. Teach us the grace of the whole thing, that God gives us grace to live. Then every morning you get up, you'll, you'll, you'll thank God for the opportunity to have one more shot at this thing. You won't get up depressed. Why, depression is just you don't understand the big picture. You won't get up depressed. You'll get up thrilled that you get another opportunity. People are floating across 90 miles of open ocean on on devices that they put together out of plastic and garbage bags. Half of them never make it and are, are feasted on by the sharks just to have an opportunity to live in the country we live in. Just a place that it may be possible to have a job. Just to live in the place that it just could be possible to be able to make more than you actually need. To have food, you can take some people to the supermarkets and they don't even believe they exist. But you take them in there, they're like, what is all this food? Take them down to the meat aisle at Publix, take them down the meat aisle in Costco, take them down the meat aisle in Sam's, and they'll just there should never be this much meat in one place. Take a Japanese. Now, the Japanese, you say Japan, oh, that's a modern country. Yeah. They eat meat about three times a year. I'm talking about red meat. I talked to a Japanese missionaries and stuff. It's so expensive over there. That they, and I'm not saying every Japanese, because rich Japanese, I'm sure they eat meat every day. But your average Japanese, they don't get to eat a lot of meat. It's a big deal. I remember a missionary to Japan, I've said this before. We went over, I took him out to eat to a big old steakhouse, and I said, whatever you do, order a full rack of ribs. And each one of them ordered a rack of ribs. And when they, you know what, ribs are pretty awesome looking, you know, when they come out a big old rack of ribs. They brought them ribs out there and set them on the table. The girl, which had been born and raised in Japan, she came to she says, she actually was shaking. She says, Pastor, may I take a picture of this? I, my friends will never believe it. I said, what? She said, I've never seen this much meat in one place. And she stepped back off the table and took a picture, and I wanted to lay down on the floor and cry that God has put me in a place of this kind of abundance. Wow. Teach me to know that I'm temporal. Teach me to know that my life is but a vapor. Teach me to know that every day is a gift from heaven. Forgive me where I've wasted even a day. Forgive me where I've taken for granted this walk called life. Forgive me where I thought that I had some permanence here on this old world. Forgive me where I've said that, oh, uh, I'm going to name this and, and my posterity is going to go on. You know, in 300 years, nobody will know we existed. Now, wait a minute, Let's just get a perspective. 300 years from now, no one that we know will know we existed unless you write a book. Uh, like uh, Pilgrim's Progress. You write a book like Pilgrim's Progress and you know there's a guy named Bunyan, right? He, that's the only way you're going to get your names. Or, look, they're taking Robert E. Lee down. Give it another 50 years, 100 years, they won't know. Robert E. Lee, who was he? Who was Ulysses S. Grant? Somebody did... What is it, Waters World? Waters World's going around asking these kids about civil war? They think it's North Korea, South Korea. The war between the North and the South, they think it's North Korea, South Korea. What are they like? They like selling stupid for a commodity in the high schools? Brother, our high school graduates better know that. In fact, that may be a prerequisite for the for Friday. I ask you what the, what the Civil War is. You give me that look. It's over. You ain't marching here. And you'll have to get a real job. When I was 28 years old, and I told this many times, God gave me cancer. Man, he woke me up. Boom. Take radiation, take you know, and start having to take pills. I never took a pill, never had a headache. All of a sudden, you got pills you got to take every day. You know, what was God doing for me? He was doing the biggest favor he ever could have done me. He said, Bill, you're temporal. Bill, you have a short amount of time. Bill, make use of your time. That's what he was whispering in my ear. There was a time I wondered whether I was going to live long enough to see my kid graduate from high school, or be, or even have. Now I've been able to see him graduate from high school. I've seen him get married. That was a miracle. I've seen him. Uh, I've seen him have children. I, I've seen the, his children, and if just one of them would get married pretty soon, I may see some children's children. I've tried to tell. I've tried to tell both my grandsons, hubba, hubba. the old man's getting old here. You got to produce some children. I ain't in love. Just find some girl, get her to marry and have some kids. That's what Barrows did. I'm a driven man. I'm a driven man tonight. I'm driven by this gift called life. I want to use it. Man, I want to wring everything out of this thing. I want to ring everything by the further, but for not for myself, but for God. Why are you doing the bus ministry, Nick? By the way, why are you doing the bus ministry, Nick? Because you're trying to wring something bigger out of this life than just a few little coins at the bottom of your pocket. Why are you doing this, Doctor Gillespie? Is a as a prestigious veterinarian, owner of his own business, medical doctor. Are you doing this, God. It's bigger. You've caught a vision of something. Teach us to number our days. Do something for God where you got the opportunity. Serve the Lord with all your heart, your soul, your mind. Love your neighbors, yourself. Man, don't be discouraged. As for man, his days are as grass; the flower of the field that flourisheth. The man is like vanity; his days are a shadow. The Bible says they're like a shadow that passes away. A lot of these comparisons. Man's life is like a shadow. A shadow. A shadow comes and goes. Sun's out, you walk by, it's over. Your life is but a sleep in the night. Your life is like grass. You're a watch in the night. You're a tale that is told. I, I end with this. 1980, I started out as a 28-year-old with a group of people. They're not here tonight. 100, I've, I've, I keep track. I've buried over 150 people, over 150. There's probably been another 150 that when they died, they got buried up north. Probably 300 folks that I've known, I've fellowshiped with, I've, I've, I've rubbed shoulders with, I've eaten with, I've called with, and they're already, it's already come and gone. And I know some of you in this room, you have your mom and dad, you have your mom and dad on both sides, but there'll be a day you don't have your mom and dad anymore. There'll be a day you want to talk to your dad and you won't be able to. There'll be a day you want to eat with your mom and dad, but you won't be able to. All I can say is remember it. Shake yourself. Tell them you love them today. Eat with them today. Do something with them today. Appreciate them today. Say good things to them today. Because your life is a tale that's told. I'm an orphan now. Neither my wife nor I have our mom and dads. And most all of their family is dying off, will be dead in the next five years. And we're getting lonelier and lonelier. And What's God doing? He's, he's even blessing us in this. He's saying, I took all those folks because I'm telling you, you're coming too. You get to go too. Live for, live for me while you have this thing called life. While this little vapor is visible, do it for Jesus. Man, let's be encouraged tonight. Don't, 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 remember every day is a gift. Don't retire on God. I mean, You can retire from your job, but don't retire on God. Give Him every day. Father, help us tonight. I know this is somewhat of scrambled eggs tonight. We pray that the Holy Spirit add a little cheese to it, a little bacon. Pray the Holy Spirit would take what I've said past what it is and help us to teach us a number of days. Father, forgive us for the wasted years, wasted years. Oh, how foolish. Forgive us where we have taken lightly and ignored the warning of the Scripture. But thank you for reminding us about it. There may be some in this room tonight say, Brother Bill, I've taken lightly the warning. I've kind of been thinking I'm going to live forever. Maybe I've been depressed and I can tell you one thing. If you live for yourself, you'll be depressed. I can tell you one thing. If you will live for this world, it will disappoint you. If you live for this world, you will find nothing there. You'll be depressed. You'll be disappointed. All the little momentary thrills it offers are but fleeting moments. And you enter back to the realization of there's nothing there. But if you'll put your life in God's hands, if you'll trust him and follow his will, the older you get, the more permanence you realize, the greater the thrill it is. To know Jesus said even a cup of cold water given in disciples' name will, will not lose his reward. There'll be something on the other side. Father, help us in tonight. In Jesus' precious name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you can contact us at gospelbaptistchurch.com for our website or go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church, Bonita Springs, Florida, or call the office at 239-947-1285. Thank you. God bless.